time for the Retirement Roadmap Podcast with registered financial consultant, Glenn Mosseller. It's that time for another edition of the Retirement Roadmap Podcast. Walter Storholt here alongside Glenn Mosseller, registered financial consultant and founder and president of Roadmap Financial Consulting with an office in Greensboro on Mears Chapel Road. You can find us online by going to greensbororetirement.com. That's greensbororetirement.com. And today we're going to be talking about some of the traits that a good financial advisor should have. We're talking about things like trustworthiness, likability, uh, problem solving, being a good listener, those kinds of things. Hopefully, as you hear those kinds of terms, we're describing your financial advisor or a potential advisor if you're in the process of looking for one. And I want to ask Glenn on today's show why it's important for an advisor to indeed have these kinds of characteristics, whether he disagrees on the importance of some of them. Uh, But then the hard part really is to discuss some of the tangible ways, Glenn, of how we can determine if an advisor has these characteristics or not. It's one thing to say that they should have them, but how can we actually test the waters and say, yeah, my advisor indeed is trustworthy or has the right area of expertise for my situation, those kinds of things. So that is our task today. Are you up to the challenge, Glenn? Let's do it, Walter. (laughs) I figured you would be ready to go today. All right, so let's talk about the big one there, I think, the one that's hard to define in a way, and that's trust. How do you indeed decide if someone is trustworthy? I don't think there's a debate that in terms of your advisor needs to be trustworthy. <laughs> that's certainly <Sure. laughs> that's certainly an obvious one there. But, you know, is it as simple as just listening to your gut? Is there a tangible way to figure out that trustworthiness? Well, I mean, I think it's a combination of things, right, Walter? I mean, certainly, you know, it's just like you, you're going to have a sense of folks, you know, for sure. And as to, you know, how you, you know, first impressions, you know, are, are certainly important, but that's not the only thing. One thing I think that's important is to know who they are, you know, what, you know, what, what is, what is their practice designed like? Are they a fiduciary? I think that's huge because, you know, if they're a fiduciary, you know, which simply means that they are bound to do what's in your best interest, that's a pretty high standard that I think is pretty close, if not a total necessity, because you want to make sure that they're not just a financial salesperson who's, you know, trying to sell products, you know, whether it be investment type of products or, you know, or, or insurance type of products. I mean, there, there's a lot of that out in the industry where, you know, folks are just, you know, they're, they're selling stuff. And, you know, obviously, whenever somebody, you know, decides to put money in any particular financial product or investment, they're certainly buying something or they're, they're, they're just deciding to allocate money to, towards something. I mean, there's a, there's a transaction there, you know, a, a buy and a sell, but it's somewhat different when somebody is just pitching something versus you know, they're, they're really trying to find out what's right for you in your particular situation. I kind of liken it to the idea is it's like if, if you were to walk into, let's say you walked into a Toyota dealership, right? And so you start talking to that, you know, to that salesperson and you describe the car that you're looking for and whatnot. And, um, you know, that, that person there that, that is trying to help you with your car selection, they figure out, you know what, what this person is really describing to me is a Honda. It's not this, you know, the things that we have on our lot. You know, are they going to direct you in that in that way, and and you know, and send you to a different place, or are they going to try to sell you what they have on, you know, on their shelf, so to speak? And I think that that's one of the things that you have to, you know, consider, you know, and, and when you're when you're thinking about who, you know, who are you going to trust, and and whether or not there's trustworthiness there. You know, if if somebody is, you know, is is truly a fiduciary, and then they are they're going to want to work with you, and 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 for 
for you for sure. But the you know their their first objective is is to do what's in your best interest, not to just try to sell you what the hot product is you know that that's out there at the moment. Does that make sense, Walter? It does make sense and uh, important to remember, I think, as you talk about these different traits that, yeah, sometimes it's going to not just be a simple answer in terms of, you know, run them through this filter or this test and you'll be able to determine the right answer. But you can use gut feeling. You can use some of those tangible items to kind of discover some of these different answers. I think that's really important. Uh, let's talk about likability, Glenn. First of all, is it really that important to like your financial advisor? I mean, I've had coaches in my life, teachers in my life that I didn't necessarily like, but I knew that they were good and I knew that they were good at what they did. And uh, I knew that ultimately they helped me. So what about retirement planning? Is it good to have somebody that you like working with? And, or maybe this one is easier than uh, the last one where the last one was, uh, it was obvious that you need them to be trustworthy, but it's hard figuring it out. This one, it's flipped around. It, maybe it's, uh, you know, should they be like worthy is the question. Probably pretty easy to assess whether you enjoy working with that person or not. Sure. Well, I mean, that's, I mean, different people are going to feel different ways about things. Like, you know, I mean, some folks, that's an absolute requirement, no matter whether it be in their financial advisor or any anybody else that they're working with on, in any area of their life. You know, sometimes it's, you know, a, a prerequisite, right? Um, other personalities, not so much. And so I, I guess I would say is that, you know, I mean, you typically, I mean, you, you don't want to dislike that person, obviously, because then you're, you're, you know, no matter what, you're probably not going to work with them. But, you know, I mean, there's there's different levels of likability and that, that's a different um, criteria, I guess, for different people. I think uh, that it's very useful to like your advisor, um, but it's not an absolute necessity for everybody. They kind of go hand in glove. I mean, it's just like, you know, you're going to tend to like somebody that you know that you is trustworthy and then there's likability and there's there's respect and all, all those things are kind of the you know, they're, they're all they're all variations of similar things but it's just like it's knowing that that you can work with that person and that, that you feel like it's going to work out well and I think that it's important that you evaluate that on based on who you are and whatnot it's not as critical as as the trust question but you know like I say everybody's a little different and um, you know the the likability question is is, is always an interesting one because different people are going to like different things, you know, and, and, uh, I, you know, I mean, from my perspective, I think it's something that's pretty important because I mean, you're, you're going to be working with that, with that person about some of the most important things to do with your life. You know, they're not necessarily your buddy, buddy or your best friend, but at the same time, it, it should have a, you know, a certain level of likability and, you know, and respect and trust and all of those things, you know, kind of combined. Does that make sense? Yeah, I can see that working through some of these others that we're going to talk about as well, how you can use some of these other things to help determine, you know, the viability of like, are they trustworthy? Well, look at the evidence of some of these other elements, and that may help you figure that piece of the puzzle out. So let's go to another piece of the puzzle, and that being area of expertise. You know, I think there are, are advisors with so many different specialties out there, Glenn. How do you know if somebody has the right skill set for your unique situation? Well, I mean, and that's like you say, you, you hit the nail on the head, Walter. I mean, it's important, right? I mean, I always make the distinction or, 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 or kind of, you know, draw the analogy of it. it's like, you know, if you're going to go see a doctor, right? I mean, do you want to go see a, you know, a, a general practitioner or do you want to go see a specialist? And I guess it kind of depends upon what are you, you know, where are you in life and so forth. When you start off as a child, you know, you go to the, um, 
you know, you don't go to the same doctor that you go to when you when you're when you're an adult, right? You go to a pediatrician when you're a kid, and as you get older, you know, you you, you know your doctors change, and then the older you get, the more is the more specialized you you know the care, kind of care you get, you know, and and type of doctor you go to. I mean, I, the the classic example would be it's just like if you have a heart problem, you know, do you want to go see a general practitioner or do you want to see a heart specialist? Obviously, you want to see a heart specialist. You know, now if you're in you know different phases of life and in your financial life, you know, we always talk about that there's three different phases of your financial life. You have the accumulation phase, which is, you know, it lasts for decades as you're accumulating and you're saving for retirement. You know, at some point, you know, when as you're beginning to, you know, the, a couple of years before you to actually pull the trigger, to, you know, to move to retirement, you should start thinking more and more about, you know, preservation and the preservation phase. And then ultimately, as you move into retirement, it's the distribution phase. And so, you know, where where does your, you know, financial advisor, where where does their area of expertise, you know, lay? I mean, that there's there are some folks that are, you know, in the in the financial services industry that are that are very very good at helping. Folks folks accumulate and finding the right investments to, you know, to, you know, to have, you know, a lot of growth. And if you've experienced that, you know, and, you know, in, in your financial life, you know, you've probably experienced, you know, some, you know, pretty big swings in terms of, you know, if you're going for growth, sometimes you're, you know, there, you, you might have a dip or a significant downturn, but if you're young enough and you have time to recover, then things, you know, maybe have grown back. But when you start transitioning in life and you're getting more to that, you know, time, okay, I'm thinking about retirement. I'm really, be, you know, in the next couple of years, I'm going to be retiring. Well, you, you, you know, you may not want to go through that, you know, the, those big swings and that up and down and that roller coaster ride. And you want really start to think in terms of what is that skill set of my advisor? You know, are they a are they an accumulation advisor? Or are they more, you know, is, is their area of expertise, you know, more in the retirement years and helping people navigate through the retirement years? I mean, that, that's a very, very important distinction because they're totally different skill sets and you're, and you're asking your money to do different things in those different phases of life, you know, and, and when you're transitioning into retirement, it's more about, hey, is, you know, I've saved this money and now I've got to kind of turn it into my own personal pension, you know, and make it last and make it last through, you know, if you're married, then it's, you know, you and your spouse's life. Do you want to have a legacy and how are you going to transfer assets, you know, the most efficient way? That's a totally different skill set than somebody who's helping you save for retirement. Does that make sense, Walter? It does make sense. Yeah. And so I know that's a big one when you talk about expertise and, you know, are you a good fit maybe is kind of the question yeah. that comes in there. So absolutely. No, it's critical. You, you really want to know who are you working with? And you might you might have an advisor that you've known for a long time. You've trusted them. You like them and that they've helped you through those accumulation years. And now you're now you're transitioning. And it's like you have to ask yourself the question, did they have the right skill set? And sometimes the answer to that is, is no, they, they, they were right for you during that time of life, but there might be a, you know, a, a time that you kind of transition. It's just like we were talked about the doctor analogy. It's like you might have liked you know, going to see this particular doctor, but now you need to you know, shift and change and think about doing something different. And that's, you know, I, I think that that's an apt analogy, and, and you really have to start thinking about those things when you're, when you're transitioning to different times in life. Let's talk about listening ability, Glenn. How do you know if an advisor is really listening to you and your concerns? And I don't just mean, you know, they're actively listening and nodding their head back and forth, but truly listening to what concerns you. How can you truly tell that they're going to be thinking about you in that way and really listening to you even beyond an initial meeting? 
Well, Walter, I mean, that, that it's, it's so it's so interesting because all these things kind of tie together, don't they? You know, ultimately, I think, it, you know, you, when you when you start, it's the conversations that you have. You know, it's like when they're asking you questions, you're you know, you're giving them your answers and the details about, you know, what your thoughts are, your beliefs, what you what you want to have happen and, you know, the resources that you have. You can kind of know that, you know, that they are that they have been listening when they come back with with possible proposals or solutions. If what you've been talking to them about is incorporated in, you know, in their in their solutions or is it just said, you know, hey, that this, you know, if we put money here. This thing is going to really be great. and It's going to do this and this and this and this. Well, that that's kind of a red flag, whereas, it's, you know, if, if they've spent some time with you. And, you know, and you're really, really listening to what you're looking to achieve and what you're looking to have happen. You know, it, it, all the conversation, you know, when, when there's when there's proposals and when there's you know, the, what, what do we do next, that should always be centered around what is important to you. And, and I think that that's really a, a telltale sign as to whether or not that they've been listening or not. Another great point, Glenn. All right, one uh, one more, at least on my list here. Let's talk about finding a uh, an advisor who's going to be a problem finder for you, problem solver, but also a problem finder. How does an advisor find problems that a client doesn't even know exist? Well, I mean, Walter, I mean, it, it's a discovery process, right? And, you know, is what, you know, what, what we do here is obviously we, you know, we work a lot with folks who are transitioning into retirement or, or maybe already in retirement. And, you know, some of those things that, that surfaces, you know, as to, you know, the, the differences between, you know, the accumulation, you know, of, you know, phases of life versus the, you know, the, um, you know, the preservation and distribution. There's different solutions that are there and, you know, that, you know, what you're looking to have happen. For instance, you know, if you've been saving money, if you're like most Americans and you've been saving money for a number of, you know, years and decades, you've probably have a fair amount of money, you know, saved into into pre-tax accounts like your 401k or traditional IRAs, and maybe you've rolled over your 401k into an IRA. Well, you know, as you've gone through those saving years, I mean, that's been been relatively simple in terms of the mechanics of it, right? I mean, it might have taken a lot of discipline to save the money. But, you know, but once you were on that track and you had a plan and you, and you were saving, that went along, you know, very well. But now suddenly you have to start thinking about how do I get this money out of this account without creating excess taxes, right? And so the, when we start talking about distribution strategies, sometimes folks start thinking about, well, you know, if I take out this amount, I, I you know, and then, you know, and if I have this much rate of return, then everything is going to, everything will be fine because I'm taking this out and I'm making this and, and all of the all of those things are going to are going to work out. Well, they don't necessarily work out, you know, as you might think because, you know, an average rate of return over time over a long period of time as you're accumulating is one thing, but as you're taking money out, if your account values take a big dip, you know, suddenly now you're having to take money out when things are down and so now it's a that's a costly withdrawal. You also have to think in terms of taxation, right? It's like, you know, well, what's going to happen if you take this money out? Is it going to, you know, create some other un- unintended consequence over here with some other area of your life? We've talked oftentimes in past shows about Social Security and then how Social Security is not inherently taxable, but it becomes taxable based on how much other income you have. 
So, you know, unless your advisor is working with you to ha- help you understand what are going to be the implications of when you take Social Security and how you start taking money out of this account and that account, and, and maybe if you have a pension, if you're going to start taking an you know, income stream or possibly maybe you have a, an option to roll over a pension into an IRA, there's all, all of those kinds of pieces to the puzzle that are going to matter in terms of, you know, how long you're going to be able to make the money last and how much how much taxes are going to be assessed you know how long will, will will things will stretch out will you be able to leave a legacy that you want to for your kids and grandkids and a lot of those things are are kind of hidden they're kind of hidden in plain sight but they're not necessarily obvious unless you've spent a lot of time there and they're oftentimes not really obvious to an advisor that has a totally different skill set that that you know that has that has not spent a lot of time and study and you know and, and working with clients you know to help them through the the retirement years and how do you get the money out in the most efficient way at some point, it matters more about you know getting your money back out and making sure that you hold on to more of it rather than just necessarily what was the balance inside the account. Because the balance inside the account is important, but an even more important thing, I think, is, is thinking about how much of that are you going to actually get to keep and use for your benefit, particularly if it's pre-tax dollars and there, you know, and, and how, you, how you take it out matters as to how much you're going to get to keep and how much is going to get to go to the government or has to go to the government. All good points to make on today's show, Glenn. Any other traits you think it's really important for an advisor to have? Well, Walter, I mean, I think it's important, you know, that that all of these things kind of fit together. I mean, there's other things, but you know, it's just like you know, you you, you want to major in the major things, right? We talk about trust, likability, you know, expertise, you know, the their ability to understand who you are and what you want. I mean, those are really, really key pieces of the puzzle. And you know, there's other things that that may that may pop out there. I mean, different people, you know, like I say, we, we like different things. But I mean, I think we've really touched on the on the majors of of what you're really looking for and you know in an advisor and making sure that they're going to be a good fit and make sure that you spend some time with them i mean you know your, your process of you know of of making sure that you're going to work with that advisor you know is probably going to be if you, you know if you if you've sat down and, and gone through what you what you have and what you want to achieve you know and they're they're putting together a plan for you it should be more than one or two meetings before you're taking action you know you you're going to want to make sure that that um, that you're not rushing into things and you know and, and and not you know and not taking everything into account. There's an old saying that says you know measure twice and cut once, right? And you want to make sure that that you're really you know that that, that everything is working for you with the plan that, that you put together or that your advisor puts together for you and with you, and that that you know that you know like and trust you know who they are and that that they've got your best interest at heart. And that, like I said, that that takes a little bit of time. You know, it might be three, four, five, six meetings. It just depends. Well, I always tell folks is it's not a matter of how fast we get there. It's a matter of making sure that we that we get there in the right way and that you're comfortable with what we're going to do and that you understand how things are going to work and that, the, you know, that it is in your best interest and it's giving you the things that you want to have out of your retirement. Well, if you are looking for an advisor to work with, make sure that you're taking into account these kinds of things. Does the advisor you're talking to have these kinds of traits? 
And, uh, you know, can you tell? Are, are they trustworthy? Do they have good listening ability? Are they a problem finder? Do you like them? And are they a good fit for your situation? All important things to discover and to ask. So don't be afraid to do those things. If you're working with an advisor now and you have some questions about some of these things, maybe you've kind of explored this already and you're kind of going, oh, yeah, I don't know if he's really actively trying to solve problems or look out for problems that might be in my portfolio. We just sort of talked about a financial product and decided on it and moved on. Uh, it might be worth exploring a little bit more down that road. If you'd like to get a second opinion of your financial plan or discover one for the first time with Glenn Mosseller, you can certainly do that by reaching out to 336-291-3535. That's 336-291-3535. Or you can find him online at greensbororetirement.com. Look for the free consultation button at the bottom of the page, and you can schedule a time to meet there. That's greensbororetirement.com. Glenn, thanks for analyzing these different things for us on the show today. Really appreciate the help, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you again on the next episode. Fantastic, Walter. Take care. You do as well. That's Glenn Mosseller. I'm Walter Storholt. Thanks for taking the time to join us on today's show. We'll talk to you again soon right back here on the Retirement Roadmap. 